are listening to The She-Wolf Show. We all have a little she-wolf inside of us, so howl it out, ladies and gents. This is a real and refreshing podcast. We're talking shop. We're getting real. We're telling the truth. And we're interviewing some really amazing people. Stay tuned. We are back. Season two, failure is my favorite F word. And I am pumped to have the Christy Soper sitting next to me right now of Sancierge, which doesn't that just sound, doesn't Sancierge just sound like, give me a daiquiri, I don't even care what's in it. Like, I mean, obviously the <laughs> rum, design, the right? rum, but like whatever else. <laughs> and then stick me somewhere tropical. I'm just saying. I love it when people go somewhere imaginative with our brand. It tells a lot about you. <laughs> also means you did a good job of that branding. Oh, thank you. I take that from the queen. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. So Christy, Tell us a little bit about Sensierge, and then we're going to get into the nitty gritty of how it got started. Oh, excellent question. How did we get started? So that would have been on a mountaintop in Hawaii. The backstory is that my husband and I were on vacation. It was April 2016, and we woke up on this Sunday morning because his arm was hurting. And at 8.30 in the morning in the mountains of Hawaii, we are traipsing around the countryside trying to find a little urgent care. So after a little visit, it meant that his arm had to be propped up on a pillow with, with his hand straight up in the air and elbow on this pillow for two days. So we literally couldn't do anything except spend two days of my Hawaiian vacation staring at the Pacific Ocean Aww. and pretty much drinking. You're a good wife. Eating. You hung out with him at all times. I've been like, I'm so sorry, honey. I'm going to go like, check on the rest of the island. <laughs> check on it. Make sure it doesn't move. Yeah. Right. And I'll be back. Well, down the street, it literally was still erupting and making new land. So technically, I could have gone to inspect that. Yeah. But neither here nor there. <laughs> So, uh, one of the greatest epiphanies of my entire life happened while we were out over there staring at this ocean, and I was having a little bit of a midlife crisis around my career and where I felt like I needed to go next. I just felt like I had was ready to close a chapter, uh. and I asked him quick, what am I talking about when I am passionate and just lit up from the inside? And he said, travel. And I said that, and I think women. And so I said, those are my passions. And if I look back over my happiest moments, I was either in service to women and children and family um, through my board work, through you know volunteer work, through every opportunity I could, mentoring, et cetera, or I was somewhere you know remote and off the beaten path and really experiencing presence in the moment. So my over the next couple of days of really of that vacation, it became about brainstorming around where could I apply my passions, my, my skill sets, my interests, um, everything around travel and women, and how could I create a sustainable, sustainable business that would allow me to monetize my passions. Mm -hmm. Um, so marrying passion with a purpose. So that became my mission. And by the time I got home from that trip, um, I knew within 90 days, I literally set a goal, within 90 days, I will be gone. You and quit my job. I was after 20 years in a company. Uh, in corporate. 200. In, yep. In, yep. 
Okay. And so it was once I sort of knew and it clicked, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I became obsessed. And that's how the goal got set. And no doubt within 75 days, I handed my resignation. And then to be exactly gone at the 90-day mark, they asked me to stay on to finish a project, which was great. So I got another three months of salary while I was starting my business. And uh, and then I closed that chapter and you know, made it just shy of 20-year anniversary, and I was gone. <laughs> wow, that is wild. Three weeks later, we were fully operational. So it was, uh, there was, I wish I would have taken a break in between. But I, I was some travel. Right, right. <laughs> I was just so uh, eaten up with it. I couldn't, yeah. like, I could not wait it's to start. It's hard not to. When you get yes. that bug, you're like, you checking out website else. templates, checking out exactly. platforms. Like, you just start to, like, look at creating vision boards you just get really right. jazzed so. and it's one thought after another after right. another and that that energy and that passion and everything that just stirs in you it was like it was like I jumped off the side of a dam I just couldn't wait to get into it so. yeah that's awesome it's also probably a little bit scary because sure. in a corporate job right you're not thinking about the you know the healthcare hopefully is included and you know, just all of those things that the HR department handles for you Mm -hmm. and just like the constant flow of the paychecks coming Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. and taking that leap I mean was there ever a moment after you took that leap where you were like whoo didn't anticipate this this and this like I have to figure this shit out oh my god let me just set this up for you imagine this come with me for a moment okay yes so when I I think it took me about six years to actually get up the gumption to make the leap Um, So I kind of knew something wasn't quite aligned, and I had four kids, and so being able to be in a position where you feel financially ready, and your family feels ready, and you can, you know, stop watching over everything else and focus on yourself, that was like the hardest Mm -hmm. transition to make, Mm -hmm. and then on top of that, I couldn't figure out what was next. I knew that something wasn't settled, but I couldn't figure out where to go next. Mm -hmm. And so working with an executive coach made all the difference. And even that kind of fell in my lap. She was asking me for help for project management um, methodology and templates and things to include in her RFPs and her business. And I said, could we barter? You know, if I help you with that, will you help me with putting together, you know, kind of my next vision? So I think what I would say in hindsight, what was the scariest leap on that was just coming to terms with, I'm about to walk away from this. Mm. So imagine, you know, 20 years in a big company, there's a lot of a lot of gravitas that comes with that, whether it's being with a big brand and a medium-sized community and then you have that name behind you, mm-hmm. or whether it is um, the stability of six weeks of vacation and, you know, a healthy six-figure salary right. that you've earned. Checking out at five yeah. or six or whatever time you leave yes, the office. exactly. Yeah. And on those days, like today, on a, you know, a rainy Friday, maybe you're not 110% focused. Um, but with but a you're salary, still getting paid. Exactly. <laughs> gives yeah. you that flexibility. So now, I think in that first couple of years, I would l- maniacally giggle and laugh when I would think about how hard I was working for how little I was making. And it's still kind of a trip when you think about it. 
But I've never once looked back over my shoulder and said, oh, my gosh, I wish I was still doing that. Because when you know you are not fully centered and your core is not exactly where it needs to be focused, you know, it's really, um, it's not a matter of money. Now, I will say, not everybody has that luxury. I paid my dues to get there so that I'm in a position to do what I want to do now. Right. um, With careful forethought and planning and strategy. Thank you for mentioning that. (laughs) But I would never, you know, encourage anyone to make that leap unless they had totally crafted it in a in a really thoughtful manner and are ready to pursue it in their own terms, be it part time, be it, you know, hobbyist, be it full time, whatever is best for that person. You have to know yourself well enough to be prepared for that. But for me, I couldn't, it was either all in and I fall flat on my face if that happens, but I knew I just, I had to try. Yeah. And you had a contingency plan if that were to happen. You go get another job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, so I, I think a lot of what I was hearing, um, which I totally resonate with is, is what is success? which is the opposite of failure, I guess, in our societal eyes, right? Mm -hmm. But is success climbing to the top of the ladder in the corporate structure, having that brand behind you, getting you the clout and the respect and all of that? Or is success really pursuing something and surviving (laughs) the next year in this thing you're trying to build from scratch that actually does really fill you? And I think, you know, one thing that I that we constantly talk about is, well, one, let's define success and then let's create goals around that. Like, what are your KPIs? Like, what are, what are your key performance indicators that tell you that you're hitting the goals that you're setting out to reach success? And I do think there's a financial component to that, right? Like, you want your business to grow, you know, 10% every year would be great, you know, um, but maybe success for you looks like, well, maybe I make a little bit more every year, but I work five hours less every month or, you know, as I want to spend more time with my family or whatever that looks like. But can you talk about like how you would define success in in the travel business? Mm -hmm. Because you're, Mm -hmm. um, you have a a small team, but it's, it's hand holding. I can say this because you planned our trip to Italy. (laughs) You are literally like handling every little detail down to the beautiful Mercedes that pulls up and takes you to the airport, you know, mm-hmm. when at, at four in the morning when mm-hmm. you're like half awake and, right. you know, so, <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, what what would you say success looks like for you now mm-hmm. compared to what it, what I guess the world was telling you it was when you were in corporate? Great question. So I will answer the question, but I want to introduce what happened to me as a paradigm shift. Okay. So that I could define what success meant to me. So I'm a big fan of um, like psychology and, and why people think the way they think. One of the things I studied when I started my own business was around Maslow's hierarchy. I just mm-hmm. wanted to revisit it. I mean, I've known it since I was 16, but I wanted to revisit it through the marketing lens. And one of the things in the new research that I was unfamiliar with was that there was actually a sixth level that he was developing toward the end of his career. So it was beyond the self-actualization, which was really how people define success. And it was really, that layer was really more about the me 
and saying, okay, I've defined it this way and I've achieved it according to my own terms. Um, the sixth level was really more altruistic, and I'm mm -hmm. paraphrasing, so if you're looking this up, don't, don't email me and tell me <laughs> you're wrong. It's my interpretation of the paraphrase. His sixth level was really about, in my world, it was about the altruism of significance. So from success to the transition of significance, how do I know I've achieved significance? And that was for the benefit of other people. Mm. And it became, how do I create value for other people? And how do I contribute? And how can I um, collaborate in order to create the most diversely um, imprinted product, service, solution, and experience? So my definition today if, of success isn't so much about what societal terms dictate. It's more about am I contributing to the greater good? Mm. Am I adding value for my clients, for my community, um, for my connections? That's how I know every night when I go to bed that I have moved the needle mm. um, in some form or fashion. And when, you know, when the day feels transactional, when the day feels um, like we're not making progress to help someone, um, then we know, you know, that day was a fail. <laughs> um, but of course, every failure comes with a lesson learned. So I think now to really answer your question, I think for me in the travel business, success is about one, taking on collaborations with partner clients. Um, we're not really working with customers in my world. We're working with long-term relationships mm -hmm. that are about where someone wants to experience mm -hmm. and what their lens looks like and why. Mm -hmm. Really starting with their why. You know, not that tropical drinks on a you know <laughs> island aren't wonderful. They're key to rest and relaxation. We all have a lot, have a lot of clients who are you know, in a high pressure job and they need to get away and sometimes just staring at the ocean for a few days is, is completely the right thing to do. What in that situation we try to do though is raise awareness around some opportunities that can also contribute from a cultural awareness standpoint mm -hmm. um, for getting people outside their comfort zones into nature that perhaps um, at a so in a soft manner is something they wouldn't have normally thought of doing or experienced on their own or downright adventurous, like getting them into something that is about hey, you know, this is something that can grow me through experience. Um, I've taken a risk and I've, I've achieved it. Um, and I can apply that in my real world when I get back. So that's what success looks for me. It literally is an acronym called I can, you know, it's a culture element, it's a venture element, and it's a nature element. So that in our world is what we try to bring to every experience that we create. And that's how I know if we can get those integrated, someone comes back, yes, we love great reviews, but we really want to hear them say, you know, it was just unbelievable because right. it was something I never imagined and I got to stretch in this way or that way. Totally. I, you know, I just got back from a, a conference in Bali and the, it was interesting because there was a lot of conversations around that, around just the personal growth that happens when you examine another culture. And you hit on something a little bit there um, with the helping other people piece. And I think specifically in America, and I don't want to generalize, but we are a very self-absorbed 
culture and society. <laughs> and even at this, even just picking my ass up and taking it to Bali and spending the time to work through some of the things you're talking about, right? Like, what is our mission mm-hmm. and why? Mm-hmm. You know, if I close my eyes and I think about the world in its perfect form for me, what does that look like? If if my business could affect that in some way, mm-hmm. what does that look like? And when you're busy in the day-to-day, you don't think about stuff like that. I mean, I, admittedly, like, I don't. I It's rare that I visit that on a regular basis and say, are we doing that? Are we still pursuing that? Mm-hmm. And I need to be doing more of that. Mm-hmm. But with SheWolf, for example, you know, this this is, um, I'll give a shout out to Yellow Co. because they're the ones that hosted the retreat. But I mean, there were some exercises that made me go like to the other side of my brain, you know, <laughs> like not to the like, what are our revenues? Where are we at? You know, how many mm-hmm. clients do we have? You, what's this package look like? What's our process? What's mm-hmm. our system? And we talked a lot about, um, especially in the entrepreneurial community, especially in America, especially all over Instagram, it's like, oh, yeah, just do it. Like, you can just do anything. Like, you can start this business. And I have, like, a major – like, I get, like, a like a weird – like, my, you can't see me, but my body is, like, turning into, like, Legit. the Hulk right now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I get – well, so kicking things. Um, I get just – kind of disgusted with that Mm -hmm. I just think and we talk a lot about and you probably see this in your industry too a lot about the self-care a lot about the like this is what I need and when you travel abroad you are participating in self-care but you're not necessarily thinking about that you're caring for yourself by by really caring for others in a way that's bringing tourism to their area, which their economy really depends on, Mm -hmm. or experiencing things that are actually, like, ethical and not, like, riding on the backs of elephants. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. things like that. And I I love that you stand for that. Um, And I think one of the discussions that that kept coming up while I was on this retreat was just the the shift that's happened, especially, like, kind of in the entrepreneurial world, where it's, it's really all about you as the owner and the, and the founder, like kind of this shift where the conversation is really about like. How will you contribute? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, and, and, and it needs to be more about who am I serving? Mm-hmm. And because those are the companies that last and those are the companies that have an impact, the customer focus. And listen, like I'm, you know, the first one to tell you, like I, there are plenty of nights that I go home and I pour myself a glass of wine. <laughs> And my husband just knows mm-hmm. it's been a rough one for her today, okay? <laughs> you know, and I, like, sit in my own little pity party on my couch with my dog, and, you know, binge on Netflix. Um, but I do think you you have to go there and you have to think about others, you know. And I, I not haven't mastered that, but it's a common theme. The more and more we talk about, like, take care of yourself and just, like, launch your dreams. And the more you're business journey, you know, is kind of fueled by that. I think the less you really think about what your business really could do oh, totally. on a large scale. Yeah, I think in this day and age, um, and I agree with and you. And the Stern Art. Well, <laughs> truly. I'm with you. I love I it. I mean, I'm old enough that I can say that. <laughs> um, I think what I'm observing, because I'm in my mid-40s, and for if I had tried to start this business when I was right out of college, I 
would have failed so blatantly hard Mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot of life experience that just teaches you things as you go along and you don't even know you've learned it until you're looking in hindsight. And there are some very dear friends of mine who are a generation ahead of me and they share their wisdom with me. They hand it down like a really comfy sweatshirt and it fits me perfectly and I can totally appreciate it. But if they had told me that when I was 22, I would have been completely dismissive. Right. I'm not cold. I don't need that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so I think I use that metaphorically because you have to be at a right place in your own world and head that you can appreciate this experience and what's coming next. Mm -hmm. And starting a business has as a kernel the whole what you just described about this is about me, this is about satisfying my need to, you know, um, scratch an itch of I can do something on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, in a corporate setting, even in my own way, that kept coming up. I kept starting um, affinity groups like our women's leadership group, and I kept, you know, starting new initiatives that were from scratch, like technology initiatives. So I kept doing that, so it was there. It's always been in my DNA. I just had not learned how to to really apply it and craft it in a world of entrepreneurship. Mm. So I think that's really key is looking back over what you have innately been drawn to and say, okay, I can see a pattern here. I see how I'm going to springboard. So it is about me, but where rubber really hit the road was when I knew um, in writing my mission statement, I literally wrote it at the very beginning when I started the business and I revisited a few months ago when some things were happening um, politically, Mm. funny enough, that really triggered you know for me to go intrinsically okay you know what are we doing and is it right yeah and when I reread my mission statement I was like damn we are still exactly where we need to be and where we said we were going to be good and I'm not tweaking one single word of anything awesome. I've written I was so proud of that moment seriously y'all that is a huge deal yeah when you can say your mission statement two years later is definitely where it should be and hasn't doesn't need a single tweak yeah um and that for us my why has not changed it's still about empowering travelers it's about getting them out of their comfort zone and it's about creating global citizens as they continue to go to Bali and go to places. You can go to Bali and you can kick up your heels and you can have a beautiful, wonderful, relaxing time. But like you said, you're also being influenced by the society Mm -hmm. and what you see and experience with all five of your senses. That is really about changing someone. And I just had this conversation with a client. She was like, I travel more than any of my other friends. And they just think, oh, my gosh, she's gone again. And and she and I were really eye to eye on what it does to a person's heart and mind and soul to infuse and immersively drop into something like this. And if you get to contribute, if you get to volunteer, maybe it's just financial or maybe it's about helping in that community, that is what will make us all stronger as an individual Mm -hmm. and as a community. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's why, you know, for me, when I think about the selfishness, you know, it's okay to be a little bit selfish. You're the one that's got to get out of bed and do this every day. (laughs) And I'm with you on pouring a nice stiff drink and having some Netflix time. Um, because you've got to turn your brain off right. and that just happens to be how I do it too. Um, that's how we recharge. Not like 2 a.m. the other day when I was up trying to finish some work and you make mistakes. If you 
kind of do that too many times. And so I think, yeah, be selfish in that you are the person who is going to get up and drive this engine every day, but do selfishness in a way that is going to add value and contribute so that it's not really selfishness when you stack it all up at the end of the day. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, cool. totally. And I think it's, it's absolutely okay for you to be proud of yourself. Right. And the things Hell yes. the things that you're building. Hell yes. Don't ever go a day without admitting what you did wrong. We're quick to go there, but admit what you did right yeah. too. Just yeah. balance the equation. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's easy to get really, really hard on yourself, you know. I I do think, you know, even in the ventures that you mentioned within the corporate world, they were all needed, right? Everything that you were doing was needed in terms of like the for everyone mm-hmm. at the company and everyone that you were serving. You know, like technology is moving quick. And if you're not keeping up with it, then you're not able to uh, meet those, meet the needs of people as they're expecting them now, right? Right. And women especially too. You know, there's opportunities for in a corporate environment where women can really celebrate and be cheerleaders for each other. Sometimes they just have to figure out the right venue and the right way to do it. Right. So what we created really created a platform in effect to connect women, to give them the opportunity to get in a room together, um, talk to each other, pursue each other outside and go to lunch, you know, where it's a one-off endeavor prior to now, I believe if I'm understanding the numbers correctly, you know, 10% of the population of employees in that company now are members of that women's group, including some guys. It's awesome. So yeah, you know, when you think about what you did in, in a corporate environment, um, the one thing that I, for me personally, was the proudest of was creating that. I didn't make one cent more for it. I mean, literally, it was just totally a volunteer effort. Yeah. But when I look back on how I know women have connected and how, you know, they've shared their stories, I, you know, at one point I've, I'm divorced. And um, after going through that myself, I had a number of women who showed up on my doorstep, shut the yeah. door and just said, can we have a conversation? Um, so just even being able to support them, not just in their careers, but in their personal um hurdles, whether it's family and managing and, and integrating for work and life, you know, not even balance, just integration, yeah. period. Yeah. Um, balance is a myth. Integration is key. <laughs> Put that on a bumper sticker. I, know, <laughs> we, I have a blog that says balance is bullshit. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think, I just think it looks different for everyone, you exactly. know, and, and it's an ebb and flow. Like there are times where I feel pretty balanced where it's like, Hubs and I are going on date night once a week, mm-hmm. you know, house is clean-ish, you know, <laughs> business is doing all right. And then there are times where it's like, there's no balance here. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't, sorry, haven't seen you in three weeks. Like, right. love you, babe. But, you and know. This well, is, this is our peak season for travel. Everybody got past the holidays and now they're like, and now I'm ready to get away from my family. <laughs> so the phone rings off the hook for right. three months. Right. And so it, it's uh, totally exactly that. I feel like I've been in a cave for two months now. Um, so well, yeah, thanks for getting happens. out of the cave and hanging out with us. Thanks today. for giving me a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything that in that transition, or I mean, even just I just I love failure stories because I think there's so much meat in them, and I think that people even like when I'm honest with even my clients, like on the branding side, and I say, yeah, this is what we learned. This is how we learned it the hard way, but this is what we learned, which is going to serve you better. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a connection that happens there where they appreciate that you're always trying to grow. But is there anything that happened maybe early on in the transition or maybe on like some of your first trips that you planned that you like smack yourself in the forehead now and say like, wow, I'm so glad that that happened when the stakes were a little bit lower. <laughs> like, oh, heavens. Yes. And then yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never ending. Exactly. True. Ongoing True. growth opportunity. Um, I think for me, the hardest, I mean, there's so many. Lord of mercy, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> the hardest thing for me is in a corporate environment, you have their their bank account and their ability to write checks yeah. and you're just sort of driving you know the strategy and if it fails like Meh, you know on to the next one and you have a boss who kind of steers what you can and can't do hopefully well but sometimes not mm-hmm. and in this world and in, in entrepreneurship you're in charge of everything you are your own boss yep. you are your own collaborator you are your own mentor and um critic and I and in charge of ongoing operational and continuous improvement, right? Mm-hmm. So I think one of the failures for me comes in the vein of HR. Mm-hmm. So um, my last two roles in corp, my last few years, sorry, was my, a role in corporate, and I just hate HR. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be seriously honest here. I've worked in marketing. I've worked in digital business. I've worked in IT. I've worked in sales. I've done all those roles and proud of the opportunities I was given to do those, especially leadership roles. But man, HR is just not my cup of tea, I would just say. And so the hiring, the letting go, the um, screening, the recruiting, the posting, the writing of that, it's just not something that gets me out of bed every day. However, it's worth it when you can get amazing people on your team mm. who see your vision, mm-hmm. who want to take a chance, who get in the trench with you, who you know support you. And it's not just the, the employee side and the team member side, but it's even ambassadors mm-hmm. who will go out and trumpet um, as clients or friends or supporters. And so everyone in my web who helps in those manners are really my successes and my failures. Um, So finding the right people and bringing them on, I've learned more about what's right and what's wrong um, in terms of skill sets that Mm -hmm. we need, in terms of how to leverage someone. Um, That has been, doing that in entrepreneurship has definitely been where I've kind of bumped my butt the most on the ground. and I think we've got it right this time around. And not that there's right or wrong, it's just different each time. Right. And really trying to mesh the styles and fit. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think what's right um, now is the right blend of skills, motivations, energy, interest, and what we needed in the skill set. And because we're growing so fast, it's changing every six months. Right. So getting the right people who have the fundamentals Mm -hmm. and the right positive mental attitude and energy level um, is so much more important than, you know, any type of hard skill that someone could really be bringing into this. And you know that innately when you start out in the process, but it's taken us a little time, frankly, just to kind of get it where it needs to be. So that was probably my biggest source of the F word on multiple (laughs) fronts and then where we are going to I think see our best success 
um, because we du- we doubled sales. Let me just kind of set this up. We doubled sales from year one to year two. It's year awesome. one, I didn't even know what I'm doing. You yeah. know, you yeah. just kind of hang a virtual shingle and you do what you think is best in your core and you focus on what's right based on your mission and what you you know intrinsically is where you're headed. And then the rest of it, you don't know how to set a financial goal. You kind of have a number and you think, all right, that seems is this reasonable. Attainable? I don't yeah, know. <laughs> we give it a shot. And then we doubled that. We hit it and then we wow. doubled it in year two. And wow. here we are in year three. We're trucking so hard and so fast. You know, we're on our way to doing it again. And so I think there are times as an entrepreneur when a decision must be made, mm-hmm. when a goal must be set. And even if it's not the most attainable or it's not the most analytically established, at least you've got something on the wall to throw a dart at. You got to get the train moving. Exactly. You could you could like beat your brain to death, mm-hmm. like just thinking about, is this right? Maybe we need to go back through the story brand. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to go back through. Over I mean, all, yeah, all these. And there's so many experts mm-hmm. out there that are feeding us different books and different strategies Mm -hmm. and different acronyms and, you know, different ways to like slice the same onion, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and at some point you just got to keep moving because that's when you're going to learn. Well, and I will tell you the most pivotal book that I read, and let me just tell you, I have no patience for self-help books. I am a Cliff Notes (laughs) self-help book kind of guy. What are the main points here? Yeah, just give it to me in a PowerPoint deck that's less than five pages and I I feel like I've accomplished it exactly I don't need to hear story after story after story of elaboration just get to the point and the best book that did that for me was um, The Art of the Start by Guy Kawasaki. Oh. Um, big Apple guy or former Apple guy who really kind of drilled it home for me. And he could say it in, at the time, some corporate speak that I needed to hear. Mm. And he gave me permission. Mm. And this is a word that I can come back to and speak volumes on. Permission to let go of my MBA filtered brain around mm-hmm. how I should be starting a business mm-hmm. and brought me into current time, which was about um, minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. And that 55 page business plan is a wonderful doorstop, but it doesn't get you where you need to be. Right. And the trial and error of great product and service development and minimum viable product is how we build every single thing that we do. And yeah. fail fast is a huge mantra for us. Mm-hmm. This isn't working, tweak it. This isn't working, tweak it. Right. Okay, this kind of work, now let's tack on this. So we do that almost daily, sometimes weekly, yeah. um, and push ourselves to an really exhaustively around innovation. Because, yeah, what I own is a travel business, but what we really do every day is about innovation Mm -hmm. and about pushing the travel industry Mm -hmm. to do things differently and to evolve in ways that aren't the travel agents of old, be it on a technology front, be it on an operational front for efficiency purposes, or how do we meet our clients where they are as opposed to, you know, sending everything as a mail packet, for example, <laughs> the bane of my existence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I lost it. Can you send me another one? Um, I think one of the pieces that's really important with that, like to combine kind of like the multiple threads of the conversation that we have going is you have to have a team that's willing to do that with you. Because there are a lot of people, and I have, a, I have an advisor, John Preston, like very generous with his time and knowledge. Always, like he hits me over the head with this because, like, for whatever reason, I'm like, I'm not getting it yet. But you have the, the iron triangle. He says, as the owner or the founder, you have limited time, 
money and resources. And so if you're hiring someone or you're growing your team, and if innovation is your thing, which it should be everyone's thing, okay? But if innovation is your thing and you're hiring people that are like really process oriented, you're going to be pushing them Mm -hmm. outside of their comfort zone and they got to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And you only have so much time to train those people. So in a larger corporate, you know, business, interviews that I've had, even if, and if, if I was applying for those jobs, right? Even if I wasn't 100% qualified, which we know, you know, studies tell us as women, like it's hard for us to even like put our name in a hat when we're not 90%, right. Mm -hmm. So, but even if I wasn't 90% qualified, I could sell them on uh, other skills that I have in my demeanor, attitude, go-getter, you know, all of those things. They could teach me the skills. Well, here's the deal. I love that. But when you are the founder of the business and you are running day-to-day everything, you don't have time to teach them right. the skills. Mm-hmm. So while I would love to hire, you know, whatever, we'll make up a name, little Susie, mm-hmm. who's amazing and has um, a go-getter attitude but has no experience in SaaS or, you know, on the mm-hmm. She-Wolf side or branding on the Brand Boss side, then it's not going to work because mm-hmm. I don't have time to teach them what I have, like, fumbled over to learn mm-hmm. for the last decade. Right. You know? In my world as well, um, we, as you can imagine, and, and you experience this with Italy, you know, we are the epitome of the duck on the pond, right? Mm. We make it look easy. It looks totally. seamless. Under the water. And then under the water, we're <laughs> paddling like, right. you know, the roadrunner is running, right? right? So that's how we know we're doing it right, mm-hmm. is if it looks seamless and then... <laughs> You know, behind the scenes, you know, we're so deep into it, ticking and tying and making sure the quality's there. And your Mercedes showed up perfectly because I beat them over the head before you got there and said, make sure that's right. (laughs) I mean, I literally, like, admittedly, Evan was, my husband Evan was laughing at me because he's like, you realize we're going to a foreign country. You haven't even looked at the itinerary. I was like, you know how much of a dream this is? Like, I haven't had to make one decision for this whole trip. Like, I make decisions all day, every day. I didn't, I don't have to choose, like, what I'm going to eat. I don't have to choose what I'm going to drink. I don't have to choose how I'm going to get there. Like, li- and, and to, like, travel through a spouse, okay? Like, <laughs> how awesome to just, like, have the tickets done and, like, have instructions on what to do. And we're not yelling at each other in the train station like trying to translate which train we're supposed to get on like we already it was our it was just done everything was done and 100 percent. but i know on the back end you were like just all the moving parts to eat i mean we were there for seven days we saw venice florence rome right well and you know tuscany outside of florence so it's like well and to your point about having the um, people, the, the the team behind you, you know, that is about, in our world, it's a 12, literally a 12-step process, which I say that tongue-in-cheek because some days it, that feels very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> My 12-step process to achieve your dream yeah. because, you know, behind all those phases and every one of those 12 phases has multiple steps. So we have over, you know, I think it's probably closer, it's between 75 and 100 steps if I go back and literally check it. Wow. On our checklist of everything that we're doing on as we plan your single experience, mm-hmm. all of that is happening from a process standpoint. And someone who knows how to take that ball and run is worth their weight and goal quite literally. And so that's what we're focused on is getting that talent. I think one thing that's interesting, though, about what you said is I've swung in pendulum a little bit from 
you know, trying to find someone who had that hard skill to swinging back toward finding someone who has a skill set in the realm, Mm -hmm. who's in the neighborhood of what I need. Mm -hmm. um, And it doesn't matter whether they plan travel or not, per se. They've got the right core fundamentals in their experience with the right attitude, the right motivation, and we'll roll their sleeves up and learn. So that's where we've sort of landed. I say this because we just hired our first full-time person this week, which is heavens, heavens, heavens. Oh, man, we need to connect. We need to connect on wine with that. I'm literally... You just, just wiped the sweat off your brow. No like, doubt. Good. <laughs> like the relief I feel is just un- unbelievable right now to have somebody coming on. It's like awesome. And but it's a huge leap when yeah. you say full time, you know, that is really You're responsible now. Oh, yeah. And when it's a woman, I got to tell you, you know, in, in particular, it's like, OK, this is a this is a person who is going to be um, honestly taking a little bit of a risk on us to right. leave a full time position with benefits and everything. Thing mm-hmm. that we aren't necessarily offering just yet, right. who believes in the mission, who believes in the path, right. who believes in the opportunity to come on board with us. You know, man, I'm so loyal to that. I, you know, I just yeah. I have almost no words, almost, not quite, but almost. It's a good Speech. mutual respect. It is. Yeah. And you're starting off on that caliber of relationship as your foundation. You know, it's going to be to the moon. She's going to be amazing. I can't wait. So stoked for you. <laughs> So, so I'm cri- stoked as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell everyone where they can find you. Um, and I and you hit on this a little bit, but um, the types of trips that you like to to plan mm-hmm. and for who. Like it's not just for like me and my husband, but you also love to plan trips for groups and companies and and yeah. all of that. So tell them where tell everyone where they can find you, where they can contact you, and um, in that initial intro email, what they can let you know they might need that you're especially great at. That's a really great segue. Let me just talk a little bit about the website. So that's going to be www.concierge.com. Like it's concierge, like, but Like concierge sun. with yeah. a sun in there. So not sun concierge, so we get that sometimes <laughs> too. Um, so concierge.com. And then there is a little appointment maker there where they can nice. go in and set up some time. Automation. And love exactly. It. So it has my real time calendar. They can see it and drop in some time that's convenient. Um, so we recommend that um, because that drops directly into my inbox and we will go from there. In terms of the caliber of travel or, you know, client, for us, it's really about someone who's wanting to. Um, partner and collaborate. We're really not looking to be someone's transactional vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking for folks who have a passion for travel and mm-hmm. know there are places they're going to want to visit. And what we'll actually do is work with them to create basically an ROI plan. So if you told me, Jordan, Italy was great. Now I want to see Croatia and New Zealand and somewhere I can see polar bears and maybe, you know, let's go to Tahiti. What we'll do is sit down and we'll create a map for you that says, okay, this one is a great time to go, New Zealand Mm. as an example. Here's the exchange rate. Here's what we're seeing from a travel advisory standpoint and from the World Health Organization standpoint. This is a really good time to go. This is why. Here's the season you're going to want to go. And here's a a budget range that we think, you know, within a pretty good estimate is what you're 
going to spend. And so you know that one's first, and I'm going to save that. And then in two years, we'll tell you what the next one is and the next one is based on everything that's on your wish list. So going from a dream list to an actual plan with five SMART goals Mm -hmm. around when you should go, why you should go there, let's make this one a priority, let's push this one further down on the list. I love that. It's a strategy. So be, stay tuned because you're going to get my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> now that you said I that. I love that. Yes. Well, and why, you know, why take it one at a time? We can actually build, you know, a five-year plan around your travel. Yeah. You'll save more money in the long run because I'm going to tell you the best time to go and right. save you money, you know, on yeah. everything yeah. than to just pop up and go, I want to go here, which is great, but it's not the best way to leverage the really dollar. plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So where can they find you on social? Social, we are, the best place to get us on social is going to be on Facebook. Okay. So just look us up under Sunciers, we'll pop right up. Awesome. And then on Instagram, same thing, just look for Sunciers, we'll pop right up. And that's the best way to track us there. Yes. Cool. And look for other people that are tagging you, because yes, I know personally, I'm, you know, yeah. I can your literally fa- see. still my favorite. Aww. With you two, with the You're beer and the that. champagne and the <laughs> robes. No joke. It is literally Ugh. printed out and it sits right above my monitor. It was awesome. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you just need to like be in Florence with a view, chilling in your really beautiful hotel robe <laughs> with drinks in the room. Okay. It was still my favorite. Awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, Thanks, Christy. Jordan. Y'all need to reach out to Christy Soper, Sancierge. She's going to change your travel world. Yeah, CEO, Chief Experience Officer. Ah, I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. I feel like this is loaded with some great content. So get ready. Check out the show notes. And uh, we'll see you soon. All righty. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you loved this podcast, if you loved the real talk that you're getting, then you will absolutely want to check out SheWolf Collaborative. You can find it at SheWolf.com. Dot co. That's S-H-E-W-O-L-F dot C-O. And you can learn more about this ecosystem of women in business that are go-getters. They have grit, they have gumption, and they are giving back to one another. And we're growing together. It's a lot of G's, a lot of alliteration, but we like it because we're in branding. So check out SheWolf Collaborative. You can also find us on Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter at SheWolf Co.